0: Good Morning Friends, Volume 1, a collection of weekly radio messages by R.J. Rushdooney. Narrated by Jeremy Walker. Produced with permission by the Calcedon Foundation. Chapter 16, Creation and the Creator, July 20, 1954. Good Morning Friends. Some time ago, a survey of American religious opinion turned up the curious but rather meaningless fact that about 98% of all Americans believe in God. I call this a meaningless bit of data because the survey itself made it clear that the word God meant different things to different people. For some, it means no more than the idea of that potentiality in the universe. For others, it means only nature. For others, it means a supreme being of very limited power. What many people call God is not even remotely to be compared with what Scripture reveals to us concerning God. The only God worth believing in is a God who is truly able, a God who is omnipotent, all-powerful, and ruler in and over all things. We cannot believe in such a God unless we also accept Him as Creator. The first verse of the Bible tells us that, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth." Hebrews 11.3 declares that, "...through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear." True faith involves, therefore, the belief in God as creator. We are told by Scripture that neither the world nor anything in it is self-existent or eternal, that God, in the beginning, created the elements of the world out of nothing and brought them immediately and by His sovereign word to their present form. Scripture also declares that God made all things good, and He made them for His own purpose and glory. Creation was the work of the Trinity, the work of God the Father, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, of God the Son, John 1, 2-3, and of God the Spirit, Genesis 1, 2, Job 33, 4, and of God the Father through the Son, Hebrews 1, 2, and God the Father through the Spirit, Psalms 104, 30. Some people feel that this doctrine of creation is hopelessly out of date and completely unscientific. They prefer to believe in various hypotheses or theories of a developing, emergent, or evolving universe. Although such a faith has only this reason behind it, it gives answer to the problem of creation that avoids God. This is the basic reason for the theory rather than any evidence. If we do not believe in God as creator, in God's creation by his word of all things out of nothing, immediately and completely, we cannot believe in the God of scripture or have the comfort and faith which biblical faith alone can give. Why is this article of faith so important? And why is biblical faith undermined wherever anyone attempts to assert the Christian faith in God without likewise declaring him to be creator in the fullest sense of the word? Let's face the question carefully and clearly. If the basic elements and components of the universe always existed, and if they developed into their present form on the basis of their own potentiality, then two eternal and self-existent beings exist, God and universe. If the universe developed itself, then it is subject only to its own laws and is independent of any outside control. God then becomes an outsider to the universe and unable to act on it or change any part of it, because the universe is independent of him and is its own sovereign. It then becomes useless to believe in God, because he is an outsider to the world, and an outsider to ourselves and our problems. If the universe evolved itself, then it is a law unto itself, and God is a stranger to it, and helpless before it. You can believe in such a universe and still believe in God, but your God is a helpless God as far as your needs are concerned. On the other hand, if God made all things, as the first chapter of Genesis tells us he did, then he is Lord and sovereign over all, with all things dependent on his providence and grace. Then, instead of being an outsider to our lives, he, our creator, is the one whom we live and move and have our being. Our history moves only in terms of him, in terms of creation, providence, Regeneration and Judgment All creation and all man's history only serve to work out the purposes and decrees of God. God the Creator can speak to us because we are the work of His hands. God the Creator can sustain us because the government is on His shoulders, not in the hands of creation or the creature. He can regenerate us because it is His image we bear and for His glory, and He shall judge us because the only criterion and purpose of history is His will, And His glory. God's motives are not outside of Himself, nor are they dependent on creation or man, but only on Himself. As the psalmist says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto Thy name give glory, for Thy mercy and for Thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now your God? But our God is in the heavens, He hath done whatsoever He pleaseth. Psalms 115, 1-3. 1-3. through three. This sovereign creator God is the only God who can hear and answer prayer, because he alone is sovereign and all-powerful. The larger catechism reads thus. Question 14. How doth God execute his decrees? Answer. God executeth his decrees in the works of creation and providence according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will. Question 15. What is the work of creation? Answer. The work of creation is that wherein God did, in the beginning, by the word of his power, make of nothing the world, and all things therein for himself, within the space of six days, and all very good. Quote, For this our God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide, even unto death. Unquote. Psalms forty eight fourteen